Mind, Past, Present, and Future, recorded February 20th, 2021. The question was raised at a recent Dharma gathering, specifically, what role does karma play in the determination of our rebirth or next life? It came from a man who had been an Episcopal minister for 25 years, a thoughtful man who had, by virtue of how he posed this question, obviously put much thought into the various what occurs after death scenarios. We got around to answering the question, but were first led through the very interesting topic of ancestry. It was a discussion that can really test the limits of how much we, as beginning Dharma students, are really capable and willing to absorb. Let's revisit. These days, many in our culture are spending significant time with ancestry, remembering and paying homage to predecessors, parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, etc., getting a sense of who they really are in relation to their cultural family tree. Ellis Island, just off the southern tip of Manhattan, is ground zero for a constant stream of visitors seeking to research their genealogy and learn more about their ancestral roots. But Buddhism comes at who we are and from where we've come from a very different angle. Through the teachings on karma and rebirth, we see that physical ancestry, our parentage, plays a minimally direct role in terms of who and what we are today. Of much more significance are those unknown beings in which our mind was resident before taking rebirth in this incarnation. Understand it this way. You are the karmic heir of the deeds of individuals who are long dead. The forces that propelled you into this wonderful life to join with your parents in the conditions you were born into were derived and created by a lineage of others others for whom the mind that is currently yours was theirs. Family history, etc., yep, often conveniently traceable. But that's genetics, the DNA track, the material body, and many of its form traits and conditions. But your mind, infinite and formless, that through which every moment of consciousness is processed and experienced, the essence of what each of us thinks is me, was architected and furnished to you through the efforts of those beings in whom it was previously resident. It is they who earned this precious human life for whom you call yourself. It is they who paved the karmic path you have undertaken to extend. It is they to whom you owe every bit of gratitude you can muster. What a grand mystery. Who were these kind beings? Where and when did they live? How can we relate to them? Who were you before you were you? We have no direct experience of who or where these beings were. We know they were sentient, but other than that, they remain completely unknown but yet they remain so interconnected to each and every moment of our current life. There is no denying the gift of human rebirth and consciousness they have procured for this precious mind you now regard as yours. So with that said, consider, are these untraceable mind ancestors more meaningful to me than my physical ancestors? 
my parents, my grandparents, direct and extended family, etc. Well, that's a measurement that's hard to quantify. The algorithm for doing so hasn't yet been created. Certainly, every mind needs a physical vehicle in which to function, and your material ancestors provided you with the composition of that. But as it is the mind through which you live, creating and experiencing absolutely everything via the aggregate of consciousness, the stage-setting contributions of your mind's previous owners, whoever and whatever these previous owners were, are certainly at least equally instrumental to the tone and tenor of your life as those of your genetic ancestors. So quiet down. Sit for some moments. Allow the intense meanness to soften and take a look at your life. Start at the beginning. Let your imagination flow to consider how much of what you were born into and have continued to manifest is due to your mind's immediate but unknown predecessor and all of his or her ancestors. Trace the karmic chain as you understand it back to before your mind was yours. Sit with this. And then, with awareness of karma rebirth workings in mind, bring it to the present day, and then stretch it out into the future, going beyond today, tomorrow, and next year, way past this lifetime, beyond your sense of me. Let your mind go beyond its borders, through the veil, and over the walls that contain it. Identify any sense of responsibility and magnanimity you might feel for the well-being of whoever your mind will next become. Understand that as the process goes, one day someone else, some other being, will be the heir of your mind and its karma. The seeds of all your intentions, all your actions, the effects of absolutely everything you have done in this life, in each and every moment, will be born into someone else. That's right, at the moment of your death, you will have spent a lifetime creating these karmic inclinations, and you're going to pass them on to someone else as aspects of mind, a being who will then have what you've created experience and revise it, and then pass that on to someone else upon their death. A process repeated over and over and over. Ongoing links in the great chain of life, death, and rebirth. This is the continuity of cyclic existence of which Buddhism informs us. Each moment of our life has a direct residual effect on the welfare of those with whom our mind will take residency after we are no longer able to physically support it, that is, upon the death of our body. Sit with this. Breathe with it. Allow your perspectives to both deepen and expand past any sense of fear or morbidity. It is so very fantastic. Reflections extend intentions, so reflect. Appreciate your mind forebearer's precious gift to you and thank them not just in thoughts and or feelings of gratitude, 
but by how and why you live each and every remaining moment of this life. Do this for the benefit of those who will follow you, because they will. Thank you for listening. This recording is a product of the Chenrizik Project, a Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group resident in Duval, Washington, and with a national online presence. You can learn more about the Chenrizik Project at our website, www.chenrizikproject.org. That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org. Our accompanying music, titled Untitled Number One, was composed and performed by the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega. It appears on his album, Bobby Vega and Chris Rossbach. More about Bobby and his music at his website, www.bobbyvega.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A.com. Or, as he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. We remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity. My name is Mark Winwood. <laughs>